Advanced IP analysis. Can this be your new secret weapon? Hello and welcome back. This is John Cronin from Invent Anything. In this episode, we will cover how IP analysis, which may seem kind of esoteric and only for patent nerds, can be used for tremendously leveraging, providing unique insights and valuable insights into your business. Learning and getting involved in advanced IP analytics could provide the key to R&D, winning against competitors who and also being able to sell your company for higher multiples. Inventions keep the world spinning. From fire in the wheel to today's high tech, inventions power change. Turn your inventions into reality. Learn how to get your ideas to market. This is Invent Anything with John Cronin. Today we'll cover advanced IP analysis, which over the last five decades has changed quite a bit. We'll have uh, six different areas we'll cover. The history of IP analysis, topic number two, how companies use IP analysis. Topic number three, unique business issues we have found can be answered with IP analysis. Topic number four, patent databases, patent searching, and some caveats there. Topic number five, what level and what type of IP analysis do I really need? And topic number six, to talk about the future of IP analytics. And then we'll wrap up. As always, we think about the kind of audience that might be interested in this. We think for those not really familiar with IP strategy, IP analysis is a basic fundamental, which would be a primer for you. For those larger companies who can see precisely where you need to start working and especially to see what you need for more sophisticated IP tactics. But for those in smaller companies who want some basics on IP analysis, this will really get you started. Many times there are those folks that might be in management or supervisory levels that may want to get a brief from what IP analysis is. This is certainly for you. Uh, for those early stage companies that really want to get a better advantage to competitors, IP analysis and this podcast is definitely for you. And finally, who those want to use IP analysis to gain a unique understanding of the market, this podcast is certainly for you. So this is John Cronin from Event Anything. And coming up, surprisingly, this unique history of IP analysis that currently I have found is stagnated. Learn why. Also learn the many ways how companies use IP analysis. Maybe your company could use some of these. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. So let's delve right into it. Topic number one, the history of IP analysis. You know, there are various types of searches that are done. You can, you can list them. There are lots of people talk about patentability search, prior art search, state-of-the-art search, free and operate search. These are all fundamental searches on just a handful of patents. This episode is not about those searches. It's really about a different type of search called IP analysis which is used for more a competitive analysis. In the 1970s, as I discussed in the previous podcast on IP landscape, patent maps were used, which are very simple graphics and very simple pictures of a product as it related to the patents of that product. And then in the 70s and 80s, we went from graphics to simple lists and some limited plotting, like by time, by company. In the 1990s, we saw computer-generated charts from simple keyword searches like Beamscapes, and that was a type of analysis that most companies would do. Then in the 2000s, 
what happened is the patent databases allowed the patent databases to be downloadable. So what you did is you downloaded your results and then they put them in your own kind of spreadsheet programs to plot it your own way. And that led to people plotting it their own way, many types of ways. So as a control sort of plot types, refer it to various centralized software programmers, like advancing analysis of, uh, of maybe a company would create their own plot types. And those would be canned plot types that you'd plot out so you could see uh, how the patent analysis would go. And then what that led is sort of a slowing down or a stagnation of the way to visualize patent analysis. If we look at those companies who downloaded the patent data sets so they could use their own analysis, now users and companies would have to be able to create unique ways of looking at it. And generally, they're not experts at that. We see that there's sort of very basic IP analysis for specific use cases like free to operate network use, which are in our podcast. And these have really been reduced to a handful of companies. So there's only a handful of companies that can really do these kind of very specific use cases and really only a handful of companies that basically have a mission to try to improve the IP analysis visualization tools. So there became a bifurcation between a handful of patent analysis companies and all of these users that are not coordinated using their own graphic uh, techniques to plot their own patent database, their own patent databases in their field. Now, there are some new analysis techniques on the horizon, things like generating overall patent quality scores, which some patent tools have, some legal scores or some technical scores. So we are starting to see a little bit of improvements on how to analyze the patent literature. Uh, there's been some work on looking at the file wrappers of patent analysis, meaning you take a patent and you can take a look at the entire log of the history of what happened with the patent office. And there's some early analysis tools that look at that data. And there's also some more advanced IP analysis where companies like my company uh, write our own macros, if you will, macros that can answer important questions like, can you show me the top licensable patents? Can you show me the top competitive patents? Can you show me the most disruptive patents in a patent database? So that's where we kind of are. And the reason why I said that this is sort of stagnating a bit, if you look at any other industry, whether it be finance or medicine, or whatever, these data sets have huge, huge uh, focus on analyzing this data and providing unique information. And the patent literature is just not so. Uh, we're dealing with usually 2000, 2010 type of analysis, and that's pretty much where it is. So we'll talk about that and what that means to the future of IP analysis. But as that base, we'll move on to topic number two. How do companies use this current IP analysis? Well, first of all, it uses in a generic way where companies are getting high level trends. You know, tell me in this world of patents in my space what the companies are and 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 what what dates you know are they are filing patents and what jurisdictions. Uh, some of the basic analysis we see is forward and backward citations on patents. So when a patent is issued, the examiner would cite a prior art reference. So one could take a patent and look at forward and backward citations uh, to get an idea of which companies are building on you or which companies could be threats. Another type of analysis that companies use is they use for investor reports. They'll produce an investor report showing the patents of others in the same space. We see in a lot of monetization and licensing stories, unique patent positions and why a particular patent portfolio for sale or for licensing is unique in the space. So we see patent analysis for monetization. One of the key ways we see patent analysis is for white space. 
to find those areas that you might want to invent in. We have seen, and we're, we have many cases where we're using IP analysis from companies where it's used for tracking R&D. Some companies are even sprung up that might be once a week showing patents, unique patents of companies, like a, a company called Patently Apple, which basically shows all the new patents that Apple created for the, for the week, showing new patents that Apple's direction for the R&D is. I mentioned monetization, but we do see IP analysis to really support M&A. And this is a, a new area where large companies that want to acquire companies take a look at their patents and the companies to be acquired will actually showcase their patents in an IP analysis. Of course, many R&D reports that are looking at sort of technology by time would overlay onto this the patent literature. So by proxy, IP is fundamentally related to innovation. And so why not use it for your tech and your R&D roadmaps? And, and another area for IP analysis that a lot of companies use is they use IP analysis to find new partners or even new technology to develop. And, and a lot of companies use this for a sort of tech transfer knowledge. So we can see there's lots of different uses for IP analysis. There's many more that we don't have a chance to talk about, but sort of think about these different topics. Could your company use any one of these IP analysis results to move your business forward for M&A or for new technology or for new partners, et cetera? So coming up, believe it or not, we'll learn that patent analysis is really not static, but really it can be used to answer hundreds of business issues you might be surprised as to the power of patent analysis. We'll explore the many areas of patent tools and patent searches that demonstrate, surprisingly, a sophisticated analysis area to answer your business issues. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. In our third topic here, we're going to talk about unique business issues we have found that can be answered with IP analysis. First of all, what's a business issue? Well, most companies, when they kind of look at their business or their market or their product or their technology, their inventive capability, they come up with issues like, who are my top competitors? Is, is there going to be a threat for litigation? Where can I invent for the maximum benefit? Issues like, is my, am I worried about my supplier? Are they going to patent underneath me? Uh, is my customer starting to patent in my space? How can I use sort of patents uh, to understand my entire competitive space to help me in marketing? So there's all sorts of business issues. We've cataloged hundreds of business issues with clients over the years. So the idea is, how can we use IP analysis to essentially analyze business issues? One of the ways that we see uh, and it's a unique way, it's called cohort analysis. But what you're trying to do is take your portfolio and to try to find a random cohort portfolio that kind of has the same number of patents, the same type of patents, same classification codes of your patents, the same year of filing, and then analyze your patents against a cohort. Now, what this does is it allows you to see how, how good or bad your patents is from a randomly selected group which gives you a, a nice way of sort of homogenizing, if you will, your patents against the base. Sometimes we find that businesses are using IP analysis to solve the business issues of finding new markets and new customers by simply looking at your patents and looking at the customer, looking at the companies in the space. You could see maybe companies that are citing your patents, it could be customers of yours. So finding new markets and new customers for your technology 
is certainly a business issue that we found that patent analysis will help. A big, a big area that we've used for patent analysis is to find acquirers, find acquirers of your company, find acquirers of your intellectual property. Uh, how is that actually done? Uh, well, if you do a patent analysis of your patents, you can find out in a topical space using keyword searches, all the patents that relate to that topical space. And then you can start listing these companies and plotting them by time and by company. And you can start seeing how close those patents are to your patents uh, through things like citations, as I mentioned. And then therefore, if you find out that some of these companies are actually acquiring patents, you can literally find that by doing some rather unique searches in the patent literature uh, because the, the title of these patents are one of the fields in the database. And one can see if some companies buying patents. So you can find companies that might want to acquire your patents, or you can find companies that might want to acquire you. One of the key things that is done in IP analysis for solving business issues is to reverse engineer a competitor's strategy. Look, if I could take all the competitors' patents and put them in a world and then put them into categories by time, et cetera, I can start seeing where they're filing patents and where they're not and the rate of filing patents, et cetera. So I can start to reverse engineer the IP strategy of a competitor. And so that's a valuable tool to answer some business issues. One of the things that we found is that patents are not all equal. Just having a patent is great, but the patent claims is what's really important. Are these broad claims? Are these really good claims? Are these claims that are litigation-grade claims? And so analyzing the claims quality of a patent data set of a competitor is certainly something that will answer a business issue. We talked about in the previous podcast an IP landscape. Uh, and so IP landscape analysis is certainly a way to analyze business issues. And we talked at length about that in that podcast. Some of the business issues have to do with people. And so some of the companies have inventors that maybe leave the company and go someplace. Well, some of the companies may be hiring somebody that want to know something about that person. Well, you can use the patent literature to track inventors. Is this inventor someone who's jumped from company to company and filed patents? And is that something you should be worried about? Will that, will that employee jump to a new company and start filing patents on top of what you've been teaching them? So inventor analysis, top inventors, mentor inventors, traveling inventors, there's all sorts of analysis under inventor analysis. Another key business issue is what is the gaps? What are the gaps in my business or my market or my products? Certainly the IP analysis can be used for gap analysis. We can use IP analysis to find gaps in technology. We can actually read and analyze patents on their market functions to see which patents are delivering which market functions. And so we can use gap analysis for markets even. So gap analysis of competitors is certainly a business issue that's being used. One of the things is that freedom to operate, which is in a previous podcast we have, which is very specific around a group of patents or a group of products. We can use these IP analysis for very broad and high level views of free and operate. You see, if you have a map of all the patents and you have a particular competitor you're looking at, you can see where they're sort of bundling patents, whereby that might be a place you might be concerned about for free and operate. So generally when we do a free and operate, it's great to do it first at the high level using IP analysis, and then dig down on more specific free and operate studies. And finally, one of the places that you can solve litigation, you can solve litigation concerns is to look at IP analysis to find litigation-grade patents. So if your competitors have patents, but you can analyze them with some tools to find out if they're litigation-grade or not, might lend a, a real piece of knowledge to you as to whether you should be concerned or not. So there are many business issues that IP analysis can, can help with. We've only mentioned a few here. Uh, we've cataloged, as I mentioned, hundreds of these business issues, and therefore there's hundreds of different analyses that can be done 
teach analysis done specifically for business issues. Topic number four, let's take a look at patent databases, patent searching, and some of the caveats. Well, if you want to get started on doing patent analysis, I mean, you could. You could get out some free tools like Google Patents, et cetera. However, you have to be knowledgeable about how to do pretty good keyword searching. You may not be. But let's just say you feel comfortable with keyword searching and you use a Google type of tool. What happens is you get lists of patents. And the question is, what are you going to do with a list of 1,000 patents? So you might prioritize them because the tool allows you to have more of the most relevant ones versus the less relevant ones in a keyword search. But now you're stuck with reading patents, a list of patents. There's very modest levels of analysis that Google might have on that. And so these free tools basically have very modest levels of analysis, but at least it's a way to get started for free. But there are other tools that you can get which are behind paywalls. And the paywalls make thousands and thousands of dollars. Some was up to $50,000 that we would pay for uh, from some vendors that we uh, work with. And so you're not going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get behind a paywall to do more detailed analysis, which has better plotting and graphic and analysis techniques. So therefore, this is where you might think about you know, bringing in some sort of an expert to help you with. So that's one of the caveats is that these free tools are only limited uh, because of the modest analysis. If you want to get better analysis, you really have to pay for it. All patent analysis, all patent analysis start with really good searching. So one of the things to do is if you don't know how to search with a lot of keywords and, and, and all sorts of topical ways to search classification codes, et cetera, you should probably get some help. There are tools whereby you can take a paragraph or two of a topical area and put it in, in a software tool. And they would take that paragraph or two and do what's called semantic processing or natural query language, semantic processing. And what's happening is the computer is actually creating the keyword searches for you. Now that's really very, very good because it relieves you from being a, uh, an expert in keyword searching. However, what we have found is that doing these types of semantic searches, the results that come back are generally 50 to 60% accurate, which, which is okay. It's better than you trying to be an expert searcher, but still there's more work to be done. So we find what we do is we use semantic processing, we use keyword processing and we use expert searches but then we do the next thing, which is to read patents. Now, I can't tell you enough about, like your quality results really is about reading patents. So in many cases, we're reading thousands of patents for clients. We're reading their titles, their abstracts, their claims. And what we're trying to do is see if the patents that we're reading really belong in the data set, that's first. And then we're reading them to try to put them into various categories. And then we're reading them to determine sort of quality and, and things like that. So reading patents is fundamental to getting high quality. So yes, you can use some free tools or you can use some tools with some natural query language. You can even bring in some people that are good at keyword searching, but the analysis really that needs to be done is at some level, you can plot these things and chart these things, but reading patents is really where you get the quality out. Now, one thing is that we all recognize that expert searches are really important. So maybe it's someone who's really good with wireless. Someone is a really good searcher for uh, sort of immunology. So in, sometimes you have to go find patent searches that are, are sort of technology-based. And that's one of the caveats here. Uh, some of the ways that we search to get around this is we have tools we've used for web crawls and so on, and some uh, iteration techniques that allow us to create sort of the, the expertise without being a specific expert. One of the things that always happens with patent searches is that patents written in different language. 
So what do you do when the patent's not written in English? What if it's written in Chinese? Uh, so a lot of these tools have buttons that help you translate the patent from Chinese to English, but there's always caveats there as well because translation leaves a lot of things not discussed that you may miss. Some searchers that I mentioned specialize in, in just the technology, uh, which, is, which is important, but even some searchers specialize on just looking at claims, for instance. So there's various searches for, for different types, different levels, different technologies, et cetera. One of the things that's happening now, and we're, we're able to do this in, in our firm, is to create some tools that allow us to help self-categorize a patent data set. So it kind of goes through the patent data set that you're interested in and creates categories for you. That's very helpful because now you can analyze patents in categories versus just as a group. But the caveat here in all this is you get what you pay for. In other words, if you try to use a free tool and you're not that much of an expert, there's probably a lot of errors that would be made. As you move up to do paywalls and things like that and hire some experts, that's very useful. But it's all very based upon these business issues. You see, if you understand the business issues you're after, then that's what would trigger the type of analysis that you would do. And deriving insights from business issues by looking at patent analysis takes some real skill. So the caveat is you'll get what you pay for uh, and maybe you produce some poor results. Uh, but in essence, uh, it does take some time to search and find so sort of the best searches that you might use, the ones that you can use. Now, coming up, we'll give you a glimpse of how this patented, patent analysis data set gets analyzed and who does it and how meaningful can it be. And also, as IP analysis grows in sophistication, we'll talk about the sort of future of automation uh, from everything from AI to digital assistance. You're listening to Invent Anything with John Cronin. Be sure to visit us at inventanything.net. There's information, articles, and more. And you can leave your thoughts and comments there as well. That's inventanything.net. And now back to John and this episode. So in topic number five here, we're going to talk about what level and what type of IP analysis is really needed. So one of the first things that you would think would be practical is whatever kind of search you're going to do, it would be great to get really a high-level review with a high-quality search. Because from that, that's the starting point of answering any of these business issue questions. And you'd be surprised how many times some analysis reports is just in a certain area with a list of patents, and that many times just really doesn't help. So what we recommend is first a high-level search that's high-quality. So you have good data at high-level to decide where you want to look inside the patent literature. One type of analysis that's really needed is to add insights to the results. So if you have a trend chart where there's a number of patents in a particular space by a particular company that's growing or is the same year to year or is going down, what does that actually mean to your business issues? So to have people that kind of understand the IP analysis, but understand business issues, then the most important thing, adding an insight, that's where it becomes very valuable. So you just look at charts or graphs without having some expertise. It's very difficult to actually look at data and actually know what it actually means. One of the things which is really important, we think, when we start thinking about what level and type of analysis is needed, is that you want to get away from making major errors. Major errors in a patent data set can arise from uh, improper keywords, missing some basic concept that you're interested in, adding too many limitations. So huge problems arise by doing these analysis from the get-go. Uh, so one thing is this high-quality search should be double-checked. 
you should be looking at the patents in the data set of the analysis before you actually look at the analysis to make sure that the right patents are in that data set. I mentioned before about insights, but let me mention another thing. Um, trends are pretty meaningless if you haven't looked at lots of trends. Supposing you're a stock analyst and supposing you see some stock trends, but supposing it's your first day on the job and you're telling people about what the trends mean. Well, supposing you're a stock analyst and you've been on the job for 15 to 20 years and you're one of the best stock analysts in the world and you see a trend and they tell you what it means, which one are you more likely to believe? So trends and all sorts of stuff, analysis is meaningless unless you know what that means. For instance, if I have 11% growth rate in a particular area of some software, uh, you know, AI area, what does it actually mean? Is that high? Well, if you've been analyzing AI and computer software for a couple of years, five years, you recognize that 11% growth rate is actually bad. It's actually low because this space is jumping with 15, 20, 30%. So trends are really meaningless unless you get the context by people that actually know what they're doing. Another type of analysis is that I said before that all patents are not created equal. And there I was talking about claims. But now, let me talk about the different types of IP, right? We have patent claims that are for systems, patent claims that are for methods, patent claims that are for business models, patent claims that are for apparatus or, or compositions of matter. So if I'm looking at patent trends, if I can't sort of slice through the data to show you all system patents or all method patents, then I'm mixing all this together. And basically, you won't understand what the trend actually means, even if you understood trends. So analyzing the types of IP in an analysis is really important. One of the things we found is to be able to analyze the, quote, signature of a company. In other words, you could look at a company and have various specific things you'll look at for any company. You know, you can look at the number of filings, when they're filed, you can look at the number of citations, you can look at their jurisdictions, you can look at their event pools, et cetera, and create an overall signature of the company. Look, when you go to the doctor, they don't just take you know, your blood pressure and, and provide some sort of analysis. They want to know all sorts of things about you before they'll render some sort of analysis. Likewise, to understand the intellectual property type and level for a company, why not think about getting an overall company signature? One of the ways that we look at uh, analysis is patent movement. Patent movement means that uh, this patent actually was sold and now it's owned by another company. Or this patent actually has been expired and, and no longer you know, going to have maintenance fees paid for. So analysis of patent movements is an important area as well. One of the things that we think is really useful is analysis of competitors and looking at M&A and acquisition strategies. These types of analysis certainly can give us an idea of uh, the space in terms of understanding what level of types of IP analysis is needed. Uh, detailed analysis connected to high-level analysis is another thing to think about. So if you have a high quality, detailed, high quality uh, and, and high level analysis to begin with, from that, you can look inside that data and say we want to have a more detailed analysis. So kind of like zooming in. So with a good high level, high quality search, you can decide where to zoom in and have a more detailed analysis. And connecting the high level analysis to the de detailed level analysis is really important. So if you see some major trends, but you dive down into a specific company and those trends don't exist, then that tells you something. Or if you see a trend for a company of detailed analysis that doesn't exist at the high level, that tells you something. In essence, it gives you context.
And then you can create a summary of hundreds of hundreds of uh, examples of IP analysis against your analysis. So when you do IP analysis of your space, what does it mean to the many other analysis that have been done previously? So that's where expertise comes in. So there's many different ways, many types, and many levels of patent analysis. And what we try to do here is to cover some of the basics. Let's move on to topic number six, the future of IP analysis. This is fascinating to me because I've been working on analyzing patents for a number of decades now, all the way back from IBM, as I mentioned, looking at patent maps all the way to today. One of the things that I recognize is that there's about 110, 115 fields in a patent. And generally, most analysis we see is only analyzing 10 or 15 fields. So in the future, what will happen is we'll analyze more fields. Um, we might do more by analyzing um, geography we might, or, or filing date versus issuance dates. Uh, there's so many different fields. Uh, you know, even the, the inventor and, and the demographics on the inventor might be part of the analysis of the future. So there's all sorts of fields that we can plot and use against the, the common fields we use. And that should give us in the future more insights. One of the things which is exciting is we can create our own fields. Uh, so we can write macros, for instance, to count the number of words in the first claim. Well, we can look at a claim and create a confusion index for quality, et cetera. We can look at a claim and determine whether it's more licensable or more enforceable. And these would be macros that would be written on the current data. In other words, looking inside the data of a patent and creating our own fields. And now you have your own fields to plot against the known fields to plot. As I mentioned uh, through this, that claims are really important to a patent and there's very few analysis tools that will analyze claim quality. Right now, claim quality is usually the, 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 the venue of patent attorneys uh, you know, in litigation, uh, you know, the defendant and the plaintiff arguing about the quality of the claim. Maybe that's also true in licensing. But as you start to move away from that, there's less analysis on claim quality. So I think that there'll be an, a constant improvement in claim quality analysis in a broader way. We mentioned self-categorization tools. We're going to see more and more of these, we think. There's a lot of AI, a lot of open source that allows you to categorize a data set. And so running these tools against the patent data set could provide a lot of unique categorization. One of the areas of the future I think that's going to be very important uh, is to put business overlays on top of the patent literature. For instance, supposing you find a company that has lots of patents in a particular area of technology in your space. Is that good or bad? Well, what if you put a business overlay to this and found out that that company was very litigious? And you put another business overlay over it and you find out that that company has a, a fair amount of money in its treasury. So it's very litigious, has a lot of money. What if I have another business overlay that shows they uh, have lots of litigations pending? So a lot, a lot of patents in, a, in an area of technology that you're interested in for that business overlay would be very important. So I think we're going to see more and more third-party data put on top of the patent data in order to give us more business insights. I have mentioned before these macros. We have hundreds of them. And it's the idea of creating uh, a little software algorithm to be able to calculate for each patent something different. I mentioned counting the number of words in the first claim. Because if a claim has 100 words versus a claim that has 1,000 words, it's very likely the claim that has 100 words is more broader and more valuable. And so we can write any kind of macros we want on any kind of business issue we have on the patent literature. And I think that's gonna be a, a future direction for patent analysis. 
One of the areas that I think also will be a future area for analysis is what's called the PAIR, P-A-I-R. That's the Patent Application Information Retrieval System. It's a subsystem of the Patent Office where you can really take any case and go back to the 40 or 50 documents of the interactions between the Patent Office and, and the Patent Attorney and Inventors. There you see all the discussion threads of how they're battling whether it's obvious or not, or novel or not, all the problems with the patent or not. And therefore, there will be tools that will read this pair and to give you a shakedown, if you will, of the value of the patent based upon the pair review. And we're starting to see that happen. In the past, we have seen alerts. For instance, we've seen alerts, like a Google alert, that a patent has been filed on a keyword that you put in. Uh, and you get that in an email. There's going to be more sophisticated alerts based on patent analysis of a group versus of a patent. And these alerts could be major alerts or trends alerts and things like that. So we should be able to see those in the future. The last two I'll talk about are really more about AI. I think we're going to see digital assistance more and more to patent analysis. We're working on some. We know others that are working on some. And really what it is is to have a conversation with your computer about patent analysis of a competitor. So to start off with, I'm interested in this competitor name. And I'm interested in knowing how many patents they have. But I'm also interested in knowing how it's going to impact me. I'd like to know if I stand a probability of being litigated. So what you're doing is you're just using the business questions, the business issues, and talking to a computer, and it's basically giving you the information. So all this stuff I've been talking about um, gets culminated in AI tools and digital assistance. And finally, we'll end up with AI, AI uh, you know, looking at the patent intelligence. Look, we, we have AI in so many areas right now. Why not the patent literature? Why couldn't we have an AI running on the patent literature itself in your field to help you determine everything from what's going on to strategy? Kind of inevitable. So let's wrap up. We talked about the history of IP analysis, right? We talked about the five decades of change and how IP analysis progressed from these basic simple hand-drawn charts to simple plots, too many computer-generated charts to even failed attempts of self-categorization of these charts. We talked about themescapes and things like that. We talked about how there's some analysis of things like file wrappers and things like that, and how the advancement of this art of patent analysis is really now divided between scattered users using their own graphics tools that are not communicating with each other, and just a few firms that are working on this as, as, as a real focus. So we believe that there's a little bit of stagnation here, and will be for a while, in patent analysis. We talked about... In topic number two, how companies use IP analysis, we discussed things like the generalized IP information that you can extract. We talked about investor reports, licensing stories, white space analysis. We talked about identifying unique directions of competitors, M&A and monetization. We even talked about how, uh, how companies help through using patent analysis for R&D planning and for finding new partners and new technologies. And this is just a smattering of how IP analysis is used. We think that IP analysis can really transform and leverage a company once you start understanding this. In topic number three, we talked about unique business issues we have found that can be answered with IP analysis. So here's the deal. Any question you ask can be answered vis-a-vis the patent literature for your business with the right analysis, the right macros, or, or the right tools. So we discussed only a handful of these uh, business issues using patent analytics, like showing you new markets showing you new customers, even showing you new acquirers, showing you a unique, unique analysis, like we talked about cohort analysis, giving you a base against a random base. We talked about a better gap analysis. We also talked about how to get insights from the data. 
and how to understand from these insights what's really going on. We talked about wouldn't it be nice to get a report on litigation-grade patents in your space and free to operate at a high level. So there's many unique business issues that can be answered with the right analysis of the patent analysis of the patent literature. In topic number four, we talk about patent searching, patent databases, and some caveats. You know, we, we discussed this whole area of, uh, you know, getting free information and then going from that behind paywalls. And we also discussed the need for really starting with a great search and knowing the ins and outs of how to do that and knowing the differences between things like natural query language searches and keyword searches. We also discussed the need for expert searches. If you can find one, hang on to them. Sometimes they're experts by technology area. Sometimes they're experts by the type of patent analysis they do. We, we discussed all these unique ways of patent databases and searching like categorization tools. But at the end of the day, we discussed that the big caveat here is really watch out because you get what you pay for. In topic number five, we talked about the level of analysis and the type of analysis needed. And we discussed a bunch of things like high quality and high level searches is the way to get started before you start drilling down. We talked about that the best approach is to use experts, but then experts need to have you know, enough time at bat to understand what these analysis mean. We talked about this share trader that was his first day of the job versus one that's 20, day, 20 years in the job. What does 11% growth rate really mean? Is it good or bad? We can all calculate 11%. We discussed watching out for major errors because certainly if there's major errors in the search, if you don't check it out before you start looking at the data, you can have a, a real problem in terms of analyzing results and steer you in the wrong directions. We also talked about analyzing company signatures, looking at one company versus the other in a structured way. We talked about analyzing patent movements and looking at M&A acquisition strategies. We even talked about all sorts of analysis that can be used for answering any business question, with the end result being that any business question you have with the right analysis can be answered. And finally, we ended up talking about sort of the future of IP analysis. Yes, it's come a long way from just looking at, you know, simple graphics to today. In fact, maybe the future is look at more fields of the patent literature. Maybe the, the future is more fields of the patent literature with brand new type of insights. We even talked about creating your own fields, making your own data from the data and analyzing that. We, we talk and we hope more and more for better tools to do claim analysis and quality claims, even self-categorization of tools. We talked about the idea of business overlays, right? Why uh, are you analyzing the patent literature? Uh, and doing some IP analysis is to help your business. So why can't we have tools to help overlay other business information? And one of the key ways to do that is creating macros, macro libraries. There's probably a future in going more deeply into the pair. We talked about the sort of detailed analysis of each patent and the whole discussion between the patent office and the inventors and the attorneys for the particular patent. And that's a world of information that's generally not analyzed today. And we're starting to see some analysis there. You know, we can have sophistication analysis of a single patent or a large portfolio or some combination. And wouldn't it be great if we could start to connect analysis of a large portfolio down to getting to the right patent and its analysis and showing the analysis of one patent and how it is in context of the overall uh, patent space. And then, of course, we ended up with talking about digital assistance, which I believe will be the future. We will be able to talk to computers about analyzing the patent literature conversationally, which then leads to the whole premise of AI and how more accurate and fast and unique these analysis is going to get. So, you know, we hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. We hope you, you like, you subscribe, and please join our blog at Event Anything and listen to our new series on Inventors at Work.